You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, I'm Peterson Toscano, and this is Bubble and Squeak, a podcast with uncanny sounds, funny interludes, and stories, most weird, many true. Okay, here's episode two. Our show today comes in three parts. Part one, I share with you a previously unaired excerpt of an interview I had with writer Elizabeth Rush. Part two, I reveal the night when a Southern preacher woman nearly wrestled with Donald Trump's demons. And part three, a sound slice. In the summer of 2018, a very hot day in Brooklyn, I sat down with writer Elizabeth Rush. She wrote the Pulitzer-nominated book Rising Dispatches from the New American Shore. It was a pretty conventional interview for my other podcast, Citizens Climate Radio. She told me about the various coastal communities she visited. spending time in communities that have been always vulnerable and have had a very intimate, particular relationship with an ecosystem type, with a location, and to make them the central actors of the story. So I have a friend who's a political journalist, and she just read the book, and she was like, you don't interview a single politician. And I was like, yes, because they I don't want them to be the decision makers anymore. And these people who live in these communities that are flooding worse and worse, they are becoming activists and trying to address these issues from the ground up. That's what Rising does. And it goes to nine different communities and each chapter opens um, with a monologue that's written entirely in the voice of a resident. Then I asked her a pretty straightforward question. What's something you learned during the research for this book? I think that I share with you the raw audio of her answer, completely unmastered, uh, unedited. There's a chapter I'm writing about the National Flood Insurance Program and how increases in flood insurance premiums are pricing certain people out of their homes. And again, that goes back to that, you know, who lives in these really low-lying, soggy lands. Um, There's inherited history of economic inequality that's often very race-based. So I'm writing about this in this one chapter. And completely independent of that story, you know, I'm like repeatedly sexually harassed and assaulted carrying out field work on on that journey not by that community, but by um, folks that I thought of as my partners in this undertaking, or a person that I thought of as my partner in this, in this research undertaking. And I also, that same year, had a, stu- a female student approach me and say, like, oh, you know, I've had this series of interactions carrying out my field work. What should I do? And it was a man, you know, sending her really inappropriate texts And I didn't realize until that exchange with my student when I started to get really angry because she started to doubt 
her skills as a writer and a researcher. She's one of the most talented students I've ever had. She said, maybe I'm too friendly. Maybe I'm too curious. You know, maybe I'm sending the wrong signals. And those are all thoughts that I've had carrying out field work regularly. And it never made me angry until I really heard my students say them. And I think the thing that I learned is that we aren't very good at teaching young women. Um, and I would assume also gender queer people how to think about how carrying out how their gender and gender identity is going to impact how they're perceived, how they carry out their field work, and how that will, unless they can take control of that narrative, twist their idea of their own artistic value or their own um, capabilities as a writer or an artist. And I, you know, I've been doing this work for over a decade, and it certainly had a negative impact on me, but it wasn't until I saw a student go through it that I understood how pervasive it was. And I think this was also happened before the Me Too movement, but it's been sort of this big eye-opening experience. And my takeaway was that we need, as we train young creative nonfiction writers, but also anthropologists and sociologists, we need to prepare them for some of these experiences because it's not like they're not going to happen. This is Elizabeth Jeremiah from the Elizabeth Jeremiah Global Worldwide Ministries in Jesus with an apology and begging your forgiveness because I feel personally responsible for the ascendancy of Donald Trump to the presidency. No, I did not vote for him and I did not vote for her. I wrote in Jesus. But still, I feel responsible because I had the power to stop Donald Trump dead in his tracks, and I failed. It was New York City, 1986. Vernell Jones decided that that year we should have our Warrior Women of God Mother and Daughter Annual Conference and Fashion Show in New York City. She reasoned that during the off time we could do some touring around the city so that we could bear witness to the homosexuals and the Jews. We stayed at some swanky hotel. We got an amazing deal, so they must not have been doing so well. And they offered a free reception. We stood in the reception area, scanning the crowd for some potential converts, when all of a sudden, in swoops this young man with hands, hands everywhere, this young man named Donnie, Don, Donald. I think you know what I'm talking about. Now, I am a taller woman, and as a result, I get some untoward attention, and he was all over me. I was pleading the blood of Jesus. But then I thought, now, Elizabeth Jeremiah, you have been called to the ministry, and I have a spiritual gift. Well, 
It's a blessing and a curse. I have the gift of the discerning of evil spirits. I can look into someone's eyes and see what demons live inside of them. It's very inconvenient sometimes when you look into a loved one and you see that they are demon-possessed. So, I turned my gaze on this Donald to see what was inside of him. I peered deep into his soul and I saw a whole nest of demons. They were like hairless gerbils all crawled up in his gut. There was the spirit of lust, the spirit of lasciviousness, the spirit of adultery, the spirit of greed, a long, long list. Now, Whenever you're doing this sort of spiritual operation, it is critical to identify the ruling spirit because there is one spirit that rules them all, which is something that Tolkien talked about, which I believe he got from the Bible. So I looked deeper into Donald Trump's soul and I nearly despaired because I realized that the ruling spirit that ruled them all was none other than the evil spirit of insecurity. This is such a hard demon to deal with. And I knew I could have. If I had the time, it would have taken about a week of fasting and prayer and colonics. I could have extracted that evil spirit and the whole host that went along with it. But I I thought I just had other things to do. And this real estate man, what would ever become of him? Well, now we know. And so I beg your forgiveness that I failed to do. What I could have done. This is Elizabeth Jeremiah from the Elizabeth Jeremiah Global Worldwide Ministries in Jesus, praying for a better day. I'm disguising all my whining with three chords and four fourths. I'm in line by line. I realize I'm the same I was when I was five. I'll admit to narcissism.
Let me set the scene for you. I'm in a pub, Dunard Pub, in Newcastle, in the north of Ireland, or Northern Ireland, or just Ireland, depending on who you ask. It's in County Down. Every Friday at various pubs like this, a group of musicians meet. There could be five, there could be twelve. I went one night and it was a lock-in. It was just me and the musicians. This night there are about twelve musicians. A very full bar. Noisy. And how it works is the musicians don't talk to each other. They just start. One of them picks out a melody on strings or through a flute. The others who know the melody begin to join in until it becomes this cacophony of Irish music. been listening to Bubble and Squeak. It's produced by me, Peterson Toscano. I pretty much just make this show for me and for my friend Shirley, who lives in the north of Ireland or northern Ireland or just Ireland, depending on who you ask. The Bubble and Squeak theme music is Worthless by Jelly Rocks from the album Bang and Whimper. You also heard music from Eleventy-Seven. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. You can find more about my work over at my website, petersontoscano.com, or tweet at me, at P2Son, the letter P, the number 2, S-O-N. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com. There may be trouble ahead.